0: Welcome to A Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of A Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest, Amir Carlisle. Amir is the co-founder of The Players' Company and a former athlete. The Players' Company is an all-new, let me, let me not say new, because they've been around for a while, but they got some exciting things in the works, and we're going to dive into everything that Amir's up to, but also talk about the landscape of athletes in business and you know some of his
1: insights in the game today. So Amir, thank you so much for taking the time, we know you're a busy man. How you feeling today? Perfect, man. Just super excited to have this conversation today. You know, no complaints on this and all is well. Yeah, this conversation has been long overdue. You're someone that I've been able to get to know over the past couple of years. But give us your story on you as a person up until, you know, what you've been able to accomplish now. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, kind of taking it back to middle school, high school years, you know, grew up in an athletic household my dad was coaching for the Philadelphia Eagles. um, And then we moved out to California and he was coaching with the 49ers. And so, you know, sports was always a focal point in in our household. Um, And, you know, I started to see that I could be, you know, something at at football in middle school when I was, you know, better than everybody else. Um, And so I spent a lot of time and just trying to, you know, hone my craft and, and really kind of was those years that, you know, my dad really taught me the the value of work ethic. Uh, you know, I, I had natural talent, but, you know, he always really emphasized that, you know, kind of that quote of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Um, and so, you know, all throughout my years, you know, I always really, you know, he always emphasized just trying everything. So I literally played every sport known to man. I played volleyball, lacrosse, soccer, uh, golf, basketball. Like I literally tried everything. Um, and so, and then even when I got to high school, you know, I, I tried to, to really just diversify my interests where I was in musical theater, you know, I did art um, and really just tried to just expose myself to you know, new things and, and new concepts. Um, and so you kind of, you know, past kind of right right around that, that high school, college age, um, I went to USC my freshman year to play. Uh, and then I went and ended up transferring after my freshman year to Notre Dame. And I had a really bad injury. I had broke my ankle and uh, I had permanent nerve damage. And so, you know, there was a point where I thought I was never going to be able to play again. And it was really during this time that, you know, I had to kind of dig within and find myself. and And really kind of during that period of time, it was really, you know, for me, it was like, well, what is your purpose beyond this game you know i played football played sports since i was six years old and Dedicated so much time, and in the blink of an eye, it was like, well, this could be taken away from you. And so, for me, it was really about finding a passion outside of the game. And so, I started building, you know, a passion for technology. I joined the computer science club. You know, every Wednesday, it just started with just basic HTML and just learning how to code websites. You know, that ended up building towards me building out my own first little social media app that was used on campus. But that, for me, was really kind of the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey, where I knew that I wanted to use. Technology to impact others, um, and so kind of moving past my, my college career, had a chance to play professionally for you know a couple years, um, and for me, I knew you know coming off the injury that I had, I knew I wasn't going to have a ten-year-plus career, and so it was really about how can I leverage this opportunity to open doors that are going to you know pay dividends for the rest of my life, um, and, and it was kind of during this period while I was playing that you know this problem of you know economic instability amongst athletes and eventually diving down that rabbit hole further and really economic instability within the broader community, that that became really my North Star and Sheldon's North Star and led us to build, you know, the players company that's led us to build what we're building now at Bankdale. But, you know, that's kind of my journey um, of kind of how, you know, sports really was kind of what, what shaped my work ethic, my character, my, my ability to, to, to persevere. Um, and then when that was taken away, it really was, you know, what, what illuminated my, my passion and, and helped me dive in to really understand what post-athletics would actually look like for myself.
0: I love that. And I, I, I want to touch on a few points. You know, you mentioned growing up in an athletic household. Your father was a, a coach for multiple NFL teams. And then you did it yourself. And then understanding You know, dealing with that injury, almost that life changing injury in the sense of you knew you said you knew your career wasn't going to be 10 plus years. What lessons did you learn from being in those environments as it relates to making sure you're prepared for that, that when that time comes when you're done playing?
1: Yeah, so it's this um, a quote that my my uh, running backs coach my freshman year told me. And, and I've taken this quote with me for the rest of my life. He said, be prepared. He said, be a pro, prepared, ready for your opportunity. And I've taken that mantra with me in everything that I do. And and kind of was, you know, talk, I had a conversation the other day where, you know, we were talking about performance and preparation. And really, for me, you know, performance, whether it be in the business world or whether it be on the athletic field, you know, as you know, it really is the result of preparation. When you prepare and you go out on that field, you have a a confidence that you're going to do what you have to do because you spent Mm -hmm. the time to prepare. And then for me, you know, kind of during that injury, when, when, you know, it was taken away from when, when the game was taken away, you know, it really instilled in me a, a feeling of gratitude. And, and for me, it was really performance is the result of preparation and preparation of result is the result of gratitude. And it's really like, I sat there and was like, man, you know, so many people have sacrificed for me to get to the point where I am now. And like, cause you know, it was tough for me mentally, you know, you know, you have the whole mental health of it where, you know, during that period, like I couldn't, I was on painkillers for six months because the pain was just so excruciating, I couldn't sleep without painkillers. And like you get into this real dark mentality. And for me, how I got out of that was just this feeling of gratitude. Like you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't the sacrifice of your parents, friends, teachers, people that allowed you to get to where you are now. And due to that gratitude, it really set me up to make sure that I'm preparing for future success. And so that was really kind of my key takeaways um, throughout my entire career, being around, you know, some some great NFL players, playing, being around great players when my dad was coaching is the people that really separated themselves were those that prepared. And for me, Mm -hmm. it was in order to really get into that point of preparation for me was really finding gratitude um, in that journey.
0: I love that. So let's get into players company. Uh, You mentioned Sheldon as your co-founder, but how did you guys initially meet and what sparked (laughs) what was the aha
1: moment? behind players company and moving forward to bank down? Yeah. So Sheldon and I, we, we met, so I was, uh, I transferred mid-year from USC to Notre Dame and then Sheldon was an early enrollee. Um, you know, he graduated early his senior year. And so we literally met the first day, like he was moving into the dorm. I was moving into the dorm. Um, and that really, you know, it, that was kind of the start of a, a long lasting friendship. Literally we, I spent too much time with Sheldon throughout my college years where, You know, you know, as you know, you have your your mandatory tutoring freshman year, you know, and Sheldon and I were in the same room. We had the same tutor at the same room. We ended up living across the hall from each other in the dorm room. And then we ended up uh, both being I.T. majors. And so we spent long nights in the in the business lab. So, you know, to say the least, Sheldon and I have spent a lot of time with each other over (laughs) the past, you know, shoot, it's been 10 years, 10 years. Um, And we came together. So, it was, you know, he had. I had just got cut. I forget who I was playing when I just got cut, came back out to the Bay Area and showed got picked up by the 49ers. And, uh, you know, it was a moment when this this uh, guy who I played with very briefly had texted me and said, hey, man, Q, you, you know, give me one hundred dollars to, to help me on this child support payment. I don't you know, I don't got it. And, you know, this is a dude who you know he had played. He was on a practice squad, made probably two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars over the last couple of years and, you know, just didn't store it the right way. And, and from there, you know, it was like, man, like we got to find a, a a better solution to actually helping empower athletes to build wealth. Um, And so for us, you know, We went the route of trying to partner and, and, you know, as a just two people with an idea going to, you know, a corporation like the NFL saying like, hey, let's find a way to partner to provide better resources. You know, we just weren't taken as seriously as we you know would have hoped. And so we came back and said, look, you know, in order to do this, in order to to build what we deserve, we got to do this ourselves. And that was really when kind of this concept of the players company was born. And, you know, as we got further and further down the rabbit hole of really exploring, You know, economic instability amongst athletes, Um, and even beyond just economic instability, kind of flipping that coin of just how can we maximize this wealth? You know, really at the end of the day, this is you know a a once in a lifetime opportunity, and and really our goal is how can we maximize everybody's opportunity here? Um, We got further and further down that rabbit hole. We started to you know explore where these issues of education and access originate within our communities. And we said, you know, how can we kind of marry this passion for technology and economic empowerment to create a product that will really be there to help educate and mentor people? So that was really what kind of led us down that funnel to to create and bank down. And really, our goal is just, you know, how can we provide tangible impact um, within our community? No, I love that. Um, so when y'all first announced the Players Company, it was a great
0: marketing campaign. You had the likes of Richard Sherman, Matt Carter involved. So for the people that are athlete entrepreneurs, you know, that's getting really popular. What's it like to raise money
1: and build that? startup company? Yeah. So, you know, the experience of raising money is, is tough, um, but I definitely, you know, liken it to being an athlete, you know, there's ups, there's downs. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to persevere. You you definitely have to prepare um, and, and just really get in your, your pitch materials together. And, you know, it's a process that, you know, as you're building, a you're building a high growth company that you got to get really good at. And so for me, you know, I had to learn to love it, you know, because it is, there's a lot of rejection every single day that you, you get rejected from, VC, Angel, and and you really just got to, you know, dig deep, take the feedback, you know, be focused enough where you can take um, the good and and discard the bad um, and then just continue to to chug along the path. And so, you know, like I say, it's just, just never give up. Don't, don't get uh, discouraged by no's, you know, we've heard you know, thousands of no's by now. And it really, it only takes one yes. And so just continue to chug down that path until you hear that yes. Um, So yeah, that's, it's definitely been a lot of learnings and kind of the fundraising process, but for any athlete entrepreneur, I say, you know, just make sure that you're prepared with, with your material. You have that belief in what you're doing to go sell people on, on the vision of what you're creating.
0: No, I love that. So when it comes to the player's company, let's get into the, the, the nitty and gritty. What's the goal What's the mission and how are you, you, how are y'all going about, you know, serving not only athletes, but the ecosystem around athletes?
1: Yeah. So uh, how we, we, we kind of did a little repositioning a couple months ago. And so the players company is, it's a collective of athletes. Um, and what we're doing is building technologies that are going to equip the broader community to build wealth. And so each, each of these products Bank out was really going to be our initial flagship product. And with Bank out, what, what we're building are these different learning modules and tracks. And so there will be modules that will be athlete focused. There will be, you know, modules that are going to be just broader community focused, but it gives us a lot of flexibility um, in terms of actually distributing uh, education while also providing a means to connect with like-minded people. Um, And then we'll also be building out more of your athlete focused um, products. And so um, our first kind of uh, initial product for, for athletes, what we're, actually in the process of building out now, is we're building out kind of this, more so building, I, I like to call it like a wealth building community, or platform where it's really about, you know, if you need to connect with somebody and venture, you know, how can we provide a streamlined place that is going to allow you to connect with anybody in any industry or vertical that you're interested in? Um, and then kind of the following one, what we've done is we've actually syndicated some some investment deals. And so kind of in the ethos of, you know, wealth being synonymous with ownership. Really, our goal is to help increase the ownership, the asset holdings of athletes. And so, you know, part of it is leveraging, you know, our social capital for access. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, how, how we position it. We'll, we'll launch these different products underneath kind of this parent company. Um, and then just from a messaging standpoint, it's really about, you know, highlighting athletes' successes, using athletes' voices to educate the broader community and really just humanizing athletes. So we do do a lot with content on that. We'll be dropping, you know, over, over the next, you know, six to 12 months. But yeah, that's kind of kind of the, the, the structure of, of TPC. No, I
0: love it. And I love the content that y'all been putting out. It, uh, I feel like when you play it, a lot of people, will, you know, come to you for advice or for help or assistance. What is some advice that you'd give an athlete, you know, if they're just starting out, just coming into money besides, you know, check out TPC?
1: So it's real simple. You know, it starts with discipline. You know, that's the one thing, you know, that I think gets uh, discounted is that, if you want to build wealth, you've got to make a decision to build wealth. Like you've got to make that commitment to yourself that you're going to be disciplined with how you actually steward your finances and really emphasizing that word, steward. And you know, I never sit here and villainize people spending their money, it's just spend money with a plan. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the formula to building wealth is is really simple when if you are coming into money as a rookie, live below your means. And, and that means maybe not buying the the, the hundred thousand dollar car. It might be, you know, on your rookie contract, getting a Honda Accord, it, whatever it may be for your situation, but live below your means, save more than you spend, and really start with establishing that long-term boring investment strategy, you know, whether it be index funds, ETFs, but start with that boring long-term strategy from there. Step two is once you've established that, now establish your cash flow. Um, and I think that's a huge point for, for athletes is let's start building cash flow while we're playing. And so if the game does end and, and for every reason, you have that cash flow to fall back on. And then once that cash flow was established, now you can start thinking about, you know, diversifying the alternatives and doing your more kind of sexy investing. But um, that's kind of how I would do is, you know, really establish that discipline, make that personal commitment to yourself. Live below your means. First, just understand your, your savings strategy, long-term investing, establish your cash flow, and then start to think about kind of the, the shinier bells and whistles of your alternative investment venture, PE, whatever it may be.
0: Perfect. Do you have any examples of like what cash flow looks
1: like, you know, outside of real estate? Yeah. So real estate for, for, for me and for a lot of guys that you know I've worked alongside of, real estate has really been the primary way to establish that cash flow during your playing career. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to speak on anything. I don't really know outside of kind of the realm of my expertise. So that's really been kind of the the primary means, um, of, of establishing cash laws. has been real estate.
0: Perfect. And then, so what are some common mistakes that you see in this space that you're, you know, trying to combat?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the, the most common thing that is, uh, you know, inhibiting kind of that wealth creation is just, this desire to fulfill short-term gratification. And so, you know, I mean, like I said, you never, it's okay to, to spend your money. You know, I never want to villainize spending, but when, you know, that, that short-term gratification begins to be your number one priority of fulfilling that that's when you start to see, you know, people going down a path that isn't sustainable. Uh, And then the next piece is just doing due diligence, you know, when you're a professional athlete or, you know, nowadays, if you're a collegiate athlete and, you know, you're doing your thing, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pulling at you trying to get your business. And not everybody has good intentions, though we we'd like to believe they do. Not everybody does. And, and some people might have good intentions. They just might not know what they're really talking about. And so ensuring that, you know, you have the right people around you to, to help you do due diligence, while also I think it's important for an athlete you know, to to get their hands dirty and make sure that they're in there asking the right questions and not just delegating, you know, everything off to third parties. So I'd say it's kind of it's the short term gratification piece. And then really kind of taking this stance of just being the general manager of your of your future um, and, and making sure that one, you're bringing the right people in place on your team, but two, ensuring that you're at the center of it and you know what's happening and what's going on as you do due diligence on whoever is trying to do business with you. No, I like that, that that
0: saying, general manager of your team, because you ultimately, you <coughs> make the final decision. USC, you went to Notre Dame, two top collegiate programs. Obviously, NIL is taking shape now, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, with everything that you're doing with TPC and Banked Out. What are your thoughts on NIL, and how can we as student athletes and athletes best prepare?
1: Yeah, man, so it's, it's awesome to be, you know, seeing collegiate athletes being paid. Um, like I said, I, I wish that I would, you know, been able to, to get paid while I was in college. And I think it's going to, you know, we'll see trends. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of collegiate athletes that don't even play to want to wanna make it professional anymore. You know, you can make mm-hmm. a career in, in college. Like, shoot, you play five years and you make one hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it may be. You know, that could be a stepping stone to your next career. Um and, and really, you know, my advice, you know, to, to a younger kid is, is really kind of similar to, to what I kind of just went through, is just make sure that you are the general manager. Make sure that you understand um, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Make sure the people that are around you are people that you can trust. And so for most people, you know, if you have kind of that, that trusted mentor, that person that has that business acumen, you know, really lean on them. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And then I think, you know, just from a, an alignment standpoint, make sure you're aligning yourself with brands that align with who you are and your passions. I think, you know, nowadays we have an opportunity, you know, as athletes to authentically build brands that goes beyond just, you know, kind of the the run of the mill water sponsorship or or sports drink sponsorship. You know, we can really begin to align ourselves with with companies that are gonna further our personal missions. And so, you know, I'd say, I I look at someone like um, Chase Griffin from UCLA, you know he's somebody that you know I've known him since he was a, a young kid and he was always someone that you know stood his dad always instilled in him you know a purpose higher than than football and just yeah. seeing that manifest itself in terms of the brand deals that he's getting and shoot he's not even the starting quarterback at UCLA but I think he just won like NIL collegiate athlete of the year and I really think it's because he's approaching these different partnerships from a position of authenticity and you know as consumers we 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 can seed out what's fake and what's real. And so when we see somebody, we see a kid that really, you know, is is aligning themselves with something that they believe in, you know, we'll check it out. So I think, you know, I think that's how I will I would approach it, especially if it was me, you know, kind of putting myself in the in in the collegiate athlete's shoes. If I was a freshman sophomore, just getting recruited now, that's really kind of how I would go about it, knowing what I know now.
0: No, most definitely.
1: Is there anything that you would have done like while you were at Notre Dame or USC specifically? Yeah, so what I was trying to do was me and my teammate CJ Proseis, we were trying to get camps going. Um, Because, I mean, obviously, you know, Notre Dame would host a a, a youth football camp every year and there would be like a thousand kids out there. And so for us, we were trying to really build, you know, this little circuit of camps where we would bring in players from the team, you know, do a little running back camp, do a receiver camp, an O-line. So I think that's really what I would have done. Is, is put a lot of time and energy. In, and during the summertime, especially when we literally had nothing to do, is just running camps all throughout the summer. No, I like that a lot.
0: I think that's yeah. the great thing about <laughs> NIL and the opportunities that athletes have in business today is that there's no one way to you know make money and make a, make a means and build a financial portfolio, whether it's camps, brand deals, entrepreneurship, real estate, uh, networking opportunities, the, the possibilities are endless. And you have platforms like TPC and BankDAO that are going to help facilitate that. Um, Getting back into, you know, BankDAO and what you're doing with TPC, you mentioned modules. Can you talk about, like, the benefits of those, like, the different type of learning environments that y'all are providing and how it's going to help the athletes that have maybe the busy schedules or, you know, focus on family and different responsibilities? Why are y'all taking the module approach?
1: Yeah, so, you know, to, to that exact point, you know, people do get busy. And people have very short attention spans nowadays. And so kind of what we learned during, you know, during our market research process is, you know, a lot of times people had a hard time figuring out where to actually start their educational journey. You know, there's so many aspects to learning about building wealth. And so for us, it was really just about providing a tangible starting point. And then beyond that, kind of just looking at social media, you know, Instagram, TikTok, even YouTube, um, you know, there's a ton of, great content and people are consuming this content at, you know, very high levels. It's just that it's unstructured where I might get a video on how to make a million dollars with an Airbnb property, but, you know, there's 45 steps that I've skipped. And so that information is more for entertainment value than anything. It's really, doesn't provide me kind of a path to actually apply. Um, and so for us, it was like, okay, how can we educate with? kind of conducive to how these younger kids are learning um which is visual it's you know use it's not it's this not overly produced content it's point of view it's selfie cam it's visual with the text pop-ups um and then it's linear it's like okay how can we walk you through the journey of this is how you budget you know this is how you build your team you know and and that is really why we, we settled on the module approach and then kind of that that last kind of icing on the cake. And really one of the cool reasons why I like, you know, building this as a DAO is that you give the community to tell you, you give the community power to, to really inform, you know, what they want to learn about. Um, yeah. And then you just put the resources behind it to actually go make that content happen. And then kind of, you know, tokenizing the whole community, you know, people actually earn for learning. And so you have that extra bit of incentive because it's like, okay, I might be busy. This is short form. I can I have you know, three minutes to take a look at it, but like, how do we actually get, give somebody that extra bit of incentive to actually consume or engage with the content? And that's kind of this whole learn and earn type of um, structure that we're building this within.
0: No, I really think that's amazing. I'm definitely going to be on a part of that, you know, not only learning, but hopefully teaching as well. When it comes to, you know, the next, the next big thing, what's, what's on the horizon for Amir and uh, TPC?
1: Yeah. So we um, we have our initial kind of beta cohort on the on the on our banked out platform. So it's called the Get Your Money Right Education um, uh, program. Um, essentially, it's, it's going to be 50 to 100 um, college age students. Um, and when, right now it's solidified partnerships with some some awesome brands that are going to donate incentives. So, you know, some of the incentives as people are learning on the platform, they'll be able to redeem, say, like AirPods or, you know, an iPhone. Um, And so we're actually, we're going, you know, the the incentives are going to be a lot strong, obviously, now in in this kind of smaller cohort aspect. But what we're kind of laying the foundation for is really this, you know, user-generated or this user-generated content community-driven platform where we can just teach each other. And and really, you know, the goal is continuing to build out the tech, you know, finding ways to incentivize educators to come to the platform, providing them, you know, a streamlined pipeline for them to monetize. But also it's really about just, you know, lowering the barrier to entry to opportunity. And so that's one of the cool, again, kind of the whole, the cool thing about the, the tokenized aspect is that, you know, everything on the platform is going to be you know that medium of exchange is going to be the token. And so as people are offering courses or if there's any paid content, it's going to be within the token and people earn the token for learning. And so your time can be used to you know be able to help you get opportunities, coaching, mentorship, whatever it may be. And so that's really kind of the, the vision um, of what we're building out here is this 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 community that's built on mentorship where we're just transferring knowledge, information, experience from one person to the other. Um, and really, it's for us kind of on, on the next six to 12 months is just really honing in, continuing to build out that tech, getting past this beta, refining the product from that beta, bringing on awesome people like yourself to, to come in and, and educate. Um, and then from there, just, you know, you know, growing and, and letting really the community dictate where, where we go.
0: No, I love that. Is there one personal finance lesson that you've learned throughout your career that you, you know, leave with the, the audience? What, what, what would that be?
1: So I got, you know, your, your, your simple, your simple personal finance for me, I always say it to save more than you spend, invest early and often. And if you don't know, you know, where to invest, you know, check out, your know, robo advisors, Betterment, check out Wealthfront. Um, but really it, it starts with, you know, just save more than you spend, live below your means when you can. Um, any opportunity you get to live below your means, you know, take that opportunity um, and really, you know, invest for the long term You know, I know people get, you know, nervous about kind of the the different fluctuations and volatility of the market. But, you know, statistics show that it's going to go up and to the right. And so have that long-term mentality um, and really, you know, just consistent, be consistent. Um, whether that be in your saving money, be consistent in, you know, creating that long-term investment strategy, but you know, make that commitment to yourself to be consistent and shoot whatever you do, whether it be you know whatever job you work, if you stick to that plan over the course of 40, 50, 60 years, you know you'll end in a place where you could say that you built wealth that could be passed down to, to your kids. Um, and then the next piece kind of on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, not necessarily personal finance, but more so looking at kind of the, the definition of generational wealth. This is something I really dove into over the past, you know, six months is, you know, there is an aspect of generational wealth, which is, you know, ownership and assets, but then You know, don't discount the importance of actually passing down principles, you know, principles like diligence and dedication and consistency and just decency and respect. Um, And so really, you know, make sure you've established your personal values, live by those personal values. Those personal values will manifest themselves in all aspects of your life, whether it be your personal finance, whether it be your career, whether it be the business that you're working on um, and stay true to yourself. Um, And, you know, that's really where what I truly believe is generational wealth and pass those principles down to the next generation.
0: No, that's a game changer. Thank you so much, Ramirez, for taking the time to get on our show. Really valuable advice uh, for people that may want to connect with you. How can they do so?
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter, SolarBot3, S-O-L-A-R-B-O-T, number three, SolarBot3. So yeah, ping me on my DMs are open on both. So yeah, if you, if anybody wants to ever connect, I'm always, always here to chat.
0: Yeah. Next time we have you on, we're definitely going to have a deep dive on the crypto NFT space. I know you're uh, you know, you're very experienced in that space as well, but for the time being for too much of your time, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Excited for your announcement and launch with TPC and bank Dow coming very soon. So make sure y'all follow accordingly for that. And with that being said, that is another episode of A Frugal Athlete. That was Amir Carlisle. Make sure you guys tap in with them. But we are over and out. Thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, hey, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.